0: You are listening to Inspirato Projecto. Get ready. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. Creatures and extraterrestrials, one and all, young and old. Uh, Identities and multi-singularities. This is going to be... Deep Cosmic Dive, this episode. So get ready. Buckle up, folks. (laughs) We're talking with Wiley Herman, the creator of Grandview Boulevard, writer of In Bright Axiom, writer of The Tolls, Collaborator on Christor Inc. You're going to hear him discuss all kinds of creativity. This is part one. He's gonna talk about his his buddy Spencer McCall, who we have interviewed on the show before. And you're gonna get you're gonna get some fun secrets. I personally I didn't know what questions to ask him because I had so many questions zooming in all at once. They all wanted my attention. They're like, ask me, ask me, ask me. So I I did the best I could navigating through the, um, I get those images of like when, you know, like in those movies where you see people go on vacation. I've never, this has never happened to me because I haven't gone to foreign lands per se, but uh, you know, you see how you, how the folks they step off the plane and all the little kids start, you know, begging, you know, yanking on their clothes. I want some. I want some. That's kind of like what it was like with these questions. Ask me. Ask me. Ask me. So this is part one of that, folks. Um, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put links in this description to the places that you can. Check out these phenomenons that we are referring to. They are mind expanders. They are fun imagination theme parks. (laughs) You're going to love them. I promise you. I promise you. Stay tuned. Because Wiley's up next, folks. David Lynch personally started a campaign in Hollywood to get Laura Dern an Oscar nomination for her performance in Inland Empire. He sat on the side of the road with a cow during this campaign, which was, unfortunately, unsuccessful. Stay tuned to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts.
1: grand grandview boulevard is so fun and so textured and so layered and i like all the little easter eggs in there it's so great that the that wiley and the family is is watching the institute on the on the tv and uh uh the, the phone call in Bright Axiom you know it's just so cool to see how it's all woven together man
2: I- oh thanks man yeah it's it's got like way more meta once in Bright Axiom came out it's just like another layer of okay now it's commenting on yet another film within a film within a documentary within an actual family and that's like my favorite kind of story to tell. Me
1: too, man. Um, Me too. That idea it's... of crossing all of these universes together, one well, in the case with, uh, um, uh, the uh, the uh, uh with Crystor Inc, how that has been... <laughs> then- parallel versions parallel universes that's yeah you yeah. know In addition it's to
2: kind so of so crazy yeah it's kind of like a poor man's charlie kaufman light oh. kind of you know you like a kind of less heady charlie kaufman it's a low budget less heady charlie kaufman oh, which it's, is kind it's of like so the much, realm i exist in well it's
1: so exciting because you got a whole world here that can just continually be built upon and mm-hmm. whatever projects you make they you know they, they, they can always reference this this universe that's going on here so those who have been following along can go "Ooh, how does that fit into the timeline or you know which timeline yeah. is it fitting into um which parallel universe is it fitting into And which timeline and you know which which coleman is the coleman you know and it's just like yeah
2: it's it's so much fun evie
1: are you uh, who are some of your favorite philosophers
2: oh man that's kind of that's a tricky question because i was never really into philosophy like i'm i'm a film guy like through and through so all my philosophy, you know, comes from film. Um, my wife is the, uh, the academic in the, in, the, uh, in the family. She's a, a college English teacher. So she'd probably be able to answer the actual philosophical, you know, list. But, um,
1: well, yeah, man, I was just... Your, yeah, your subject matters just go... They're just deep in terms of... There's just a lot of layers going on there and a lot of sort of like universal questions that are kind of filtering through there. So it just kind of made me wonder, um, you know, what, what that might be...
2: What some of your influences might be that that contribute towards us? Well, it's funny because you know I, I was an '80s kid, so I grew up with like '80s sci-fi. So I just remember like my my brain being cracked open just by like Back to the Future. You know, just that that thought of like, oh my god, butterfly effect—something in the past can affect the future—and that just opened up the entire realm of science fiction storytelling for me. So like that alone, it's like wait—you could change one thing and it could have this snowball effect that would affect the future and it just it started there for me like definitively back to the future in 1985 like that's where my love for that kind of if you can call it philosophy started did you start writing
1: a lot of did you write a lot of um stories about time
2: travel no i I never really got into to writing until post post high school um i was i was a performer kid like for for a very long time i guess you could say yeah, p- pretty much the first 20 years of my professional, you know, career, I was, I was an actor. And then I kind of slowly started to play with um, playwriting and then eventually screen light, screen, screenwriting, you know, almost 20 years into my, my career. Um, but yeah, I was more of a performer than a writer for, for most of my existence, really. What kind of performing did you, were, were, you, were you in a the theater, musical theater, uh,
1: improvisation?
2: Mostly theater. Um, I did theater in Tucson for for many, many years, and then I moved to uh, Los Angeles and started doing improv there at the Groundlings. Um, And then that kind of brought me around to San Francisco where I started to do more and more uh, on-camera stuff, Uh, got an agent, and then theater improv led me to playwriting. So I produced my first play in like 2009, I think, Um, which was a was a fairly good success considering it was the first time out. But um, that was like my, my first really attempt at writing that felt like, oh, this, there's something here uh, to explore. So basically, starting in 2009 is when I started to really dive into uh, to writing. And what, what was your first play? Ah, uh, so it was a it was kind of a dark comedy called Better Homes and Ammo, <laughs> and it was about a, a suburban family who've uh, locked themselves in a, a nuclear fallout shelter after this event that may or may not have actually happened. It was kind of like the uh, the proto um, what is that Nine Cloverfield Lane? What was that great film? Oh yeah, with uh, right, John right, Kent. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of like a similar vibe to that. It's like what is actually happening outside this bunker, um, and who's manipulating who to stay underground, and what's actually out there, and then um, ends up being a, a love story between um, the two teenage siblings, but one's adopted, yeah. <laughs> so it's not as creepy as it sounds. Um, but yeah, so it was a really fun exploration of kind of madness and, you know, this whole survivalist thing that now is like totally normal. But in 2009, it's like, whoa, people actually think like this. And now it's like, oh, yeah, people are actually living this.
1: Wow. You know, I was just going to say there's a little piece of that when you when you mentioned that it reminded me a little bit of the Royal Tenenbaums. How, um, uh, oh, gosh, I forgot what what uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's sister's name is, but she's she's adopted into it, you know, and there's in luke uh, wilson's character always just was just in love with her and then they end up finding out that she was i think she was adopted yeah uh, was, yeah yeah but it's so interesting how and i'm sure i'm sure you probably have noticed this many times throughout your life where you you write something like the play mm. that you did and then you end up seeing echoes of that similar zeitgeist that spirit kind of um camouflaged in a, in, in 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 another project that, that yeah someone did yeah. in the future
2: it's zeitgeist. Well, it's not even future. Sometimes it's like literally simultaneous. Like yeah. um, my short film, did you watch the Tolls? The, the World yeah. War II? Oh, yeah. So the craziest thing about that, you know, it's this, I wanted to do a, a modern take on a Twilight Zone story, you know, like a 23-minute 20, Twilight Zone episode. So um, it's about a World War Two soldier who's transported to an alternate reality where the Nazis won. And like literally the, the week we finished principal photography, I get a text from my mom saying, have you heard about this TV show? I just saw a trailer, it's called Man in the High Castle. And I'm a Philip K. Dick fan, but I was just not familiar with that particular story. And I watched the trailer, and I'm like, that's the movie we just wow. shot. Wow, man. This was, within, this was within days, within days of wrapping Dude. photography. So again, it's just, it's zeitgeist. It, it happens all the time You know it's as an artist. it's de- OK, so. <laughs>
1: Now this is this the next question concerning that because the exact the, mm-hmm. the same thing would happen to me growing up and I still see it happening. Yeah. When when you first started noticing that type of thing happening to you was, mm-hmm. did you what? How did you view it? How did you when you first started noticing the, these types of synchronicities happening? How did how did you how did it affect
2: you? Oh, like profoundly. Like I I, I th- it was kind of my first introduction to like there's there's something else going on. That was like my first introduction to like the the reality of science fiction sometimes it, it's like life is more amazing than fiction when You're stuff right. like that happens when it's just so spot on and so in your face like there's a reason that there are parallel storytellers telling almost this exact same story at this exact same moment science fiction becomes reality and then it makes it way more profound and personal i think now as
1: you found yourself now as you found that happening more and more um Mm -hmm. either you know on projects that maybe you had written down you go oh this would be a fun idea for a character then that exact character pops up in a movie or Mm -hmm. uh an idea for a song or whatever um and then you end up seeing it happening out there in the world um did you start finding yourself going hey you know what um i'm going to sort of follow my intuition a lot more i'm going to evidently my ideas are being also created out there in the world, so evidently I'm on the right track.
2: <laughs> well, it's tricky because it's it's often kind of deflating because it's like you have this yeah. idea that you feel is original and fresh, right? And then you feel like someone, and then you realize someone with you know a bigger budget and more influence has done something either identical or extremely similar. The question is, well, it's still my original idea. Do I pursue it or do I do I stop? Oh, man, like me and me and Spencer McCall, who you know introduced us we were working on a, a pilot for a, a TV show called Bombed. Um, and it's about this post, post-apocalyptic like Mad Max landscape where a group of traveling uh, actors, they travel across you know, the, the Mad Max hellscape in a caravan performing episodes of old like 90s TV shows, at least what they can remember from them and then it turns out there's there's a book and i can't think of the name of it which is like almost the exact same thing but it's a bunch of shakespearean God. actors who don't actually have the text it's just like what they remember of the text and they go around in a post-apocalyptic caravan performing shakespeare wow and then there was another play that we didn't know about uh, mr burns have you heard about that one it's based on the simpsons no It's a post-apocalyptic caravan traveling post-apocalyptic landscape performing Simpsons episodes. So, like, all three of these things happened simultaneously, and I hadn't heard of either of them until we basically had the, 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 the pilot, you know, laid out. Oh, man. So it's just, you can't... You can't deny it when it's right there and it's just like I said, it's just zeitgeist. <laughs> oh it's my god. parallel thinking, it's collective consciousness, but it's real. Gosh, it really is. You know, and
1: it's so funny because I used to get so when it growing up, I used to get so frustrated and just so angry about this, going, Oh my god, yeah. someone else is out there is making my thing. And I this, had dibs. And the, yeah, right, exactly. It's like, dude, I had dibs on that thing. And then uh-huh. I started and then I because I would start to help me sort of cope with it. Um I, mm. I, I would devise this I uh, I I had this idea that okay, so these thoughts are coming to us. And I imagined a thought cloud, like, okay, here are these mm. magnificent ideas and it's going, just kind of floating over my head and it's going, okay, are you going to use me? Are you going to use me? Because I'm moving. Are you going to mm-hmm. use me? I'm your and conduit. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. if I, I felt like if I jumped on it fast enough, then I could mm. be the one that got credit for doing that thing. You know, yeah. then it became sort of like this little competition between, because I, I, once you start seeing that, that your stuff evidently is, is out there and, and being created by other, uh, 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 other folks, then you're like, okay, apparently I'm, I'm plugged in something here, you know, mm-hmm. now, now the thing is, is to go, how fast can I strike? You know, you got to strike the iron when it's hot, you know? So then that yeah. started inspiring to go, okay, I just got to follow the intuition here. I just got to keep following it, you know, in this sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, you're right. It is, it is such a tricky, I was just thinking about this the other day about how, there are these companies that say, okay, well, if you come in and you pitch your idea to us, let's say if you're a writer and you pitch an idea to this company and they go, okay, well, if we, you know, you have to sign this thing because if we already happen to have that idea and we get it, you know, made, you can't sue us for saying yeah. that we stole your idea. So I, I'd always think like, oh my God, that's so terrible. Cause then the pe- people there might, might just be taking your idea and pretending that they were the ones who already had the idea. But then I thought, okay, what if I were to place myself in the shoes of that company that is mm-hmm. allowing writers to come and pitch their ideas to me. Then it's like, oh my God, I already had this idea sitting back there in the archives of my brain going, oh, you know, someday I'm going to create this. Now all of a sudden, here's this writer who then tells me this mm-hmm. idea, it's almost exactly like that. Now you're stuck at the standstill, because now you're going, Oh God, do I do I bring this person, you know, into the original idea I had? Can we blend those things together, and then we we both, you know, you know, use this enthusiasm, bring this to light? Do I just say no? Sorry, we already have an idea like that. But then would I be hesitant in making that idea because I wouldn't want that guy to think that I stole that idea? <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's like, you're such in a weird. It's such a strange
2: thing when you. When you're dealing with ideas in the universe, huh? Yeah. Well, it also comes down to like ideas versus like scripted content. Like I remember when I was living in Los Angeles, like the first spec script that I wrote was with my roommate and it was a King of the Hill episode that we pitched to the uh, producers. And the B story was Bobby Hill going to a gay rodeo. And, you know, we submitted the script and, you know, got rejected and never heard from him again. And then of course, lo and behold, a couple months later, there's an episode where the Hills go to, uh, there's a gay, there's a gay rodeo. No, but the thing is, you know, that's an idea, but Dude. nothing, nothing from our script was was ripped off. They no characters, no what dialogue. Crazy! Oh gosh. So again, is like, is it coincidence? Did they already have a gay rodeo? Because it seems oddly specific. Um, so yeah, it's just something like if someone has the same idea, that's one thing. But if they're actually like, somehow using your words and your dialogue and your character, that's like. A lawsuit you know so wow there's a there's a fine line there wow you know this reminds me
1: so much i i was i was listening to like there were two there were two movies that had come out about truman capote one was called capote mm-hmm. and one was called uh i think it was called like infamous or something um mm-hmm. and one of them one of them came out and then some months had gone by and and, and um I had a roommate who was just always listening to NPR, always listening to all day long. And so Mm -hmm. I'd walk through there and I heard that I heard this conversation going on with, with a director for Mm -hmm. the movie, um, which whatever the second one was, yeah, that was yeah. coming out. And they're like, well, what are your thoughts about the fact that a Truman Capote movie already exists and now you're coming out this one? And that guy goes, You know what? He goes, Look, I've 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 struggled with this because I had I had the screenplay written. I already had it written. I had already, mm-hmm. you know, had this thing created. Years before that other movie that just came out a few months ago, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> out, but and I already had this whole screenplay, and now finally I get the financing. Now I'm putting it together, and he's like, "I just had to go through with it." it it's like yeah. I couldn't, you know. There's already a momentum going on there. I, I just had to go through with it and and go screw it. Whatever anybody thinks, if they think I stole it, so what? I, yeah. You know, it's like I
2: I I'm making this movie for me, you know. But there's also there's also a very you know well documented Hollywood. Game of studios doing similar projects on purpose at the same time to see who can get the better one out, like you know, wow. Volcano versus Deep Impact or Volcano oh, versus yeah. Dante's Inferno, oh, yeah. Deep Impact versus Armageddon. It's like who can get their Volcano movie out first, oh, who God. can get there So that's that's a game. That's not parallel thinking. That's not synchronicity. That's right. Like, it's like Coke and Pepsi competing for the same audience to see who can make more money. Right. So like that's a well played game in Hollywood. And there's always two. It always comes in twos.
1: You know. It is so interesting. It's like someone catches the buzz that this whole, this, you know, great idea has been brewing for years. And exactly. You know, they're like, let's they're get like, on that first. Yeah. Yep. I, I yep. remember I'd see that like at Blockbuster where like, and I was just joking with my buddy about this the other day, about how, um, like okay, let's say for instance there are all these 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 trailers. Let's say there's all this buzz about a new King Kong coming out in the theaters. New King Kong is on its way, and then you get like some some, you know, like a Roger Corman type of uh, Mighty uh, Joe production. Young. Yeah, right. And they come out, <laughs> right, right, and they're like, okay, let's hurry up, let's beat them to the punch, let's come out this thing, let's ride the wave of the excitement of you know it's like they're seeing that that this wave is going to come crashing in everybody's excited about Godzilla or, or a new King Kong movie okay all right let's hurry up and make a, yep. a, a a smart ape movie
2: which is like the polar opposite of like the kind of magical synchronicity <laughs> that's cosmically <laughs> linking us all that we were talking about earlier that's just oh, yeah. pure dollar signs oh but that's how Hollywood works so now I, I, I gotta ask
1: you what are what are your thoughts about synchronicities what are your thoughts about um about those kinds of magical
2: happenings I okay, there was a point, um, I don't know, probably a decade ago, I was working on a screenplay. And it was all about synchronicities, and I was like very much wow fe- feeling the flow of synchronicities. It's kind of my first attempt at a, a full-length screenplay. And I remember being at the SF MoMA, um, I was because there was an there was an element of paintings in my screenplay. And I was just doing some research, and there was a very eccentric, very strange, very tall, very bearded German guy in our tour group, and like out of nowhere he seemed to kind of look at me and say synchronicities are god's way of saying hello and i know that that's an old term but i had never heard it before and it just seemed like the perfect moment and the perfect person and the perfect weirdness to to have that said to me yeah and that that kind of became my definition it's like yeah synchronicity is god's way of saying hello that's very subtle and i like that Dude, that's brilliant, you know, because
1: as you describe that, it reminds me of like maybe a moment that happens in Twin Peaks where the log lady tells you some very, you know, great piece of wisdom from the log. And you're like, I got to listen to this. The log yeah. lady telling me this. I got to. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so it's that's just great, man, that that you view the synchronicities in that way, because it's my favorite thing ever in the whole world to talk about. And I would. I would yeah. My dream is to <laughs> is to. um is to live, live live in a world where as as you're at the as, as you're at the uh uh the shopping uh, as you're at the the market you know the, mm-hmm. the uh, cashier is talking to the next person in line about their latest dream or their latest synchronicity or uh mm-hmm. while you're at the street corners you know people are talking about synchronicities and all their excitements of seeing these new manifestations of reality happening for them and um and I think it's starting to happen more and more. I'm starting to notice more and more of this, at least through uh, TikTok, well, through Instagram too. I'm starting to see more people kind of diving into the cosmic soup and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, bringing awareness to it, uh, bringing this wonderful ubiquity to it. So that way um, it gives people a, a new perspective as to how their place is within the great, uh, within the great puzzle of the,
2: of the universe yeah i think it's a beautiful thing too although also that same cosmic stew is where a lot of these ridiculous conspiracies (laughs) come up too so it's like how do you how do you separate these things that are kind of like pure and beautiful and and relatively simple if you really tune into them versus just hot garbage that's coming from that same cosmic stew of the internet you know well yeah and you know it's interesting so okay
1: so synchronicities like you're saying it's god's way of saying hi and that's that is mm-hmm. such a wonderful way of putting it and mm-hmm. every time a synchronicity happens anytime an epiphany happens i feel like it's like the cosmic high five i feel like mm-hmm. me and the universe are going, all right yeah. you noticed it i noticed it you mm-hmm. know what a great gift we're, we're both rejoicing in this thing and what's interesting is um
2: well first of all let me ask you this what what are your thoughts
1: about like when people talk about the law of attraction or a manifestation of reality
2: what are are your thoughts of of, of that stuff well i've never really delved into like what's what's your definition of laws of attraction we might have two different definitions so what's yours
1: so the idea so so the idea is that there is
2: there is us like we're just you
1: know basically uh 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 slivers of the all that is like Mm. that there's, you know, the higher mind. There's the, these, um, uh, um, you know, all, all, all the, all the beings that we, that are unseeing that that we can't see right now that are vibrating at a higher level, all Mm. of the layers of existence, all the dimensions that are existing. Um, and knowing that we are a piece of that existence and the fact that we have a, a relationship with that, sort of invisibility the idea that everyone is a as a reflection of one another um of the great you know the sort of the great prism um mm-hmm. and the idea that <clears throat> um when you take into that idea of einstein about how everybody's reality is their own relativity so mm-hmm. so like your paradigm um the synchronicities and whatnot that you see are going to be in direct relation to
0: uh
1: your highest uh the, see the idea is to bring about the best version of ourselves, our highest mm-hmm. version of ourselves and mm-hmm. when i see pieces of synchronicities filtering through that have so much to do um that echo my highest joys and passions i'm like okay that's another mm-hmm. uh, uh sign you know that okay good 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 you know what, we're, we're we're moving along here there's another piece of my greater self that's kind of mm-hmm. being added on here mm-hmm. um uh and so when i see the synchronicities happening that that directly relate to the 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 things that bring me joy and excitement that's when i'm like okay this is this is something to pay attention to and Mm, mm -hmm. um do you notice that when you when you celebrate synchronicities and whatnot that more of them happen for you
2: yeah but i can also see that leading to you know your lowest self too see the way i look at it is that Um, If you can imagine like you're surrounded in a circular pattern of of infinite breadcrumb trails that go in every direction uh, in a perfect circle around you. And if you think of your brain as a a computer that can program your own reality, I think basically once you pick a breadcrumb leading towards a certain direction, let's say, okay, uh, you want the, you want proof that God exists, right? You're basically programming your brain to look for that next breadcrumb and subconsciously point you towards that Oh, that's where you want to go so you take that little breadcrumb and that's your first synchronicity towards your definitive proof that god exists and you can keep programming your brain to look for these breadcrumbs so you keep following and then eventually you will arrive at this conclusion that oh yes absolutely god exists based on subconsciously programming your brain to look for that specific trail of breadcrumbs but the opposite can also be true it's like if i want proof that demons are real Once you start programming your brain to start looking for those synchronicities, then eventually you'll go to a path. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it shows you the power of the brain, like you said, to create your own reality. But it is programmable. That's the thing. So it's like, yeah, if you are looking for your best self, if you are looking for your your best self reflected in your reality, hell yeah, those breadcrumbs are going to keep manifesting as synchronicities. And you're going to go on that trail until you reach that conclusion that, yes, this is meant to this is this is meaning. This is depth. This is. You know, purpose, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's but like it can be momentum. scary
1: too. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, that's what. That's what's so interesting. I once heard it described that the universe always says yes. Um, to mm. whatever we're kind of proclaiming at that moment or, th- or whatever we're, we're believing, our, our deepest beliefs. So if we're going, oh, I'm so stupid, I'm so dumb, I don't know anything, the universe yep. goes, yes. If you go, oh, wow, I there, there's there's so many extraordinary ideas out there I love and, and I can find them in anything. It goes, yes, and here's more. So it yeah. always gives you <laughs> whatever. It's just reaffirming. It's like the mirror, you know? It's like yeah. smile at the mirror. It's going, yep, you're smiling. Yep, we're smiling. You know, I'm smiling yeah. with you. And it's crazy. It's, it's so interesting how, how those little, like you're saying, the breadcrumbs, how those little sort of like snowflakes coming together can, can then make a snowball. And then yeah. you, know, you keep rolling that snowball. Now it, now it has the potential of being this avalanche.
2: Yeah. But it's like to really, but to really get to a place of meaning, you, you have to follow those crumbs for a long time. It's not going to be like, oh, within 24 hours, I'm going to achieve enlightenment. It's like, no, you got to keep on that specific path of breadcrumbs until you really find something profound for yourself. Well, yeah, you know what's so exciting, too, is, like, I realized that by, I realized, like, a
1: a huge lesson was appreciating the process that was happening and not letting my impatience Hmm. get in the way of appreciating those moments that were, that were coming to me. Not allowing my Hmm. impatience of, like, okay, when, uh, when are we going to cross the finish line? When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Yeah. Um, And just going, okay, this is a process that's happening. If Hmm. I can just follow my, I almost view the the intuition is like a, um, uh, like the compass needle. That's kind of taking you in the direction that, that you want. And, mm-hmm. um, I feel like if we could kind of stay in that moment to moment blissfulness of feeling mm-hmm. s- satisfied or excited about an idea, um, th- then there's really no space for impatience or mm-hmm. that idea of like, hurry up already, you know, come on, come on. You're taking too long. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're able to really, truly appreciate those moments and and feel those gratitude, you know, feel that gratitude as as it's coming along. Like like this, this epiphany struck me about the idea of how like, okay for instance, let's say uh, let's say right. uh, Let's say right now um, I say, oh, my gosh, you know, um, I can't wait for the day when uh, I'm living in my own uh, a little town that i've built and and we all just get to talk you know about synchronicities freely openly uh everyone's artistic it's just a blast everyone encourages each other you know and mm-hmm. as I'm thinking about that i'm thinking about that and then when that day actually occurs actually giving it the full respect of it existing in that moment mm-hmm. uh, and and appreciating that dream as it unfolds maybe that's a pretty grand you know example mm-hmm. but um just, just with anything in life where you're like oh my gosh wouldn't that be great if this thing you know comes to fruition and then when that thing comes to fruition like actually then go wow thank you, you know giving it that gratitude
2: yeah um, yeah that's that's the heart because it's like you know once you get what you want there's that moment of like okay how long can i hold on to this once you're like really really immersed in a, in a creative headspace where everything is flowing very well and synchronicities are coming at you from every angle and it's like kind of telling it the story's telling itself and then at some point but at some point there's that deflation and you have to come back to reality not reality but you have to come back to a more I don't know metered reality is what I call it because it's like when you're really caught up in it it can be all-consuming like when I'm really in a place of creativity and it's flowing I'll be up at five o'clock every morning for months you know just writing or creating or whatever it is but then after a while it kind of ebbs away and it's still there but it's like you can't live in that for me i can't live in that place all the time so i have to be able to say okay this project is done and now i can have a little breather before maybe the next big creative output do you find that too oh yeah yeah um okay
1: because because the what i what i was noticing in some various projects that i was with Thing, like a project would come to an end, or you know, the thing would actually be happening, or you know, whether it was wanting to see a, I don't know, a particular concert, or you know, it could be any of those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And what I was noticing was that, that uh, the 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 idea of let's see, as things were happening in real time, I I I was finding that. I was not giving it the proper respect that... Like, I came to the revelation, like, okay, what was the point of me even dreaming up this reality? If this mm. reality that's happening before my very eyes, if I'm not actually going to congratulate it on its existence or thank it for, mm. for making its way through the ether into my manifested <laughs> reality. I like that, man.
2: That's a, good, that's a good
1: reflection on gratitude. I love that. Yeah, because I realized... Well, what was the point of
2: me even dreaming this thing? If I'm, if I'm not going to... You know. But when you're in it when you're yeah. in it the the creation is the point when you're in it but then right. it's like that right. that post oh, that yeah. post check-in it's like okay now what why did i do that and yeah, like right. it's still amazing but it's like yeah you really have to check in yourself like yeah what was the point of that i'm 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 always at a point uh, yeah after a project is over where i'm like what was the point of that but then i always come back to like like you said if it's if it's a success then you can really land yourself in gratitude and say like regardless of where that came from or why it came from it was finished and people seem to like it and I'm proud of it. And that's all I could ask for, you know? Yeah. You know, it's so interesting.
1: Cause like, uh, there is that, what do they call it? Post, I don't know if it's called post-mortem. I don't know. If yeah. I yeah. Post-mortem. Ever, yeah. After you create the thing, after you create it, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I, okay. It's done now, you know? Mm-hmm. And if there's kind of like that, that little bit of that emptiness, you know, where yeah. you're going, gosh, I, I'm no longer in, in that vibe in that flow of bringing this world to Mm -hmm. to life and i mean that's what's so fun about the 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 universe that you're creating um Mm -hmm. with in bright axiom and Mm -hmm. and grandview boulevard and all of those great little nuggets that are happening there is that it's continually satisfying you can constantly go deeper
2: (laughs) down the rabbit hole with these things it's kind of funny because w- what I love is that, you know, we've we've done a lot of little tiny side projects in the last six years since we started Grandview Boulevard. And we're always finding that we, we've kind of, not purposely, but we always hide little nuggets just in the background, whether it's like a Grandview Boulevard poster in the background. And then this footage from this other film ends up having all these little hints and clues in the background of our other projects that we can always tie back in. And it's never like conscious. It's never like, okay, if we put bright and a, and a bright axiom sticker on the wall of this scene of a completely different film we're never like we're gonna tie it into the whole universe but it always ends up happening so it's it's really fun to see like these accidental Easter eggs we're leaving for ourselves that tie these universes together. Oh my gosh, um, I love
1: it. It's like you're leaving those for your future self to get a big kick out of when they go back yeah. to it again. They go, yeah. "Oh my gosh, this is how this can be used in this." It's, it, it's you know, it's so interesting. Like because you you mentioned earlier that you have improv training, and so do I. And mm-hmm. I love it. It's the
2: whole yes and. I was know. just gonna say that yeah, when you were talking about yes and, it's like that's the oh. prime tenant of
1: improv. Oh, it's so beautiful because you're yeah you're you're in service to the idea you're in service to this thing that's being created through you and everybody gives respect to that reality and and that's how they're able to go yes and because they're putting their ego aside it's it's funny it's like you don't even have to make a conscious decision to put your ego aside if you are in Mm. service to that reality and it's so fun because you guys you're totally yes anding your way along (laughs) these projects it's so
2: cool and that's where the improv comes in. And because we're not doing it on an intentional level in a lot of ways, then when it does come back and we realize that we can tie these together, like prime example, um, I did a, a zombie horror short a couple years ago called Welcome Back, Mr. Buzzcock. And Spencer, he made a, a fake newspaper article you know, f- that opened up the film. It's a death of a science teacher who comes back from the dead. And just for fun, Spencer, on his own accord, decided to put a little tiny advertisement for Christor in the corner of the newspaper dude um so when when i was trying to you know create characters for this christor website i thought well mr buzzcock would be kind of funny it's a sci-fi universe and i have this newspaper article from this other film not even remotely thinking about this article that spencer had Totally put in there on his own and then when I look at the article I suddenly look in the corner and there's an Advertisement for the website that I'm trying to tie this character into And It was just like this oh. again, perfect oh. Perfect moment of synchronicity. I could not have asked. Oh. It was the universe saying yes Not only is this character oh. from a completely different franchise perfect for Christor, You have a literal commercial for Christor already in the film. Oh my god so, that And that it was so not requested by me. I made the film and I did not request that just so you know oh um, my But it was perfect. It was gosh. too perfect yeah. It's so brilliant because it just
1: shows that there was like, there's there a higher intelligence that was working through us. And we just go, hey, I don't know why I'm doing this. This just feels fun. Exactly. Do this. Mm-hmm. And then, but the universe knew how that was going to be, you know, it was like, yeah, you, wait, you, you just hang on. You'll see how it works. You'll see yep. how it fits together. And, yep. um, and it's, man, I, I, those little things are just so exciting to me. And I think mm-hmm. that's why when I'm in the process of creating something, even if, even if something doesn't necessarily Makes sense at that moment. Um, I'm like, okay, let's fit this in here because evidently this this idea wouldn't wouldn't have attracted itself to this moment in time. So okay, mm-hmm. let's figure out how we fit it that in there. And what's so fun is like, with. With history, there can always be a you know, there can always be a backstory that nobody ever knew about that has to tie mm. in with the very thing that you're doing right here. You know, so there's always there's yeah. always that thing you can reach into the archives and go, Oh, here's this old newspaper article. Oh, did you know that this, you know, mixed tape it's... was found in this person's car? You know?
2: Yeah. It's down. really fun. Yeah. Oh, it's like the puzzle. It's the, 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 just shaking up the box of puzzle pieces from completely different jigsaw puzzles. And yet, if you really look, you can find the way to fit them all together, you know?
1: Oh man. It's so fun. Cause like in the toll, it, the guy, he just, you know, he talks about, Oh, sometimes it's a yellow bridge. And, uh-huh. uh, uh, in the movie they go out there and it, I, I believe it's green. I believe it looks green at that moment.
2: Um, the unless, very the very end of the film, unless it's supposed to be yellow. Uh, no, it's green. It's green. Yeah, oh, they get transported right, right. to a green a green Golden Gate Bridge. Dimension. Yes, spoilers. Which was, <laughs> which was beautiful because that stuff.
1: Well, heck, even if even with that spoiler, there's there are mm-hmm. so many so many convoluted, uh, 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 layered and textured things going on in, th- in that mm-hmm. movie. It's Thanks. like it's <laughs> like there's so much great stuff to wade through that. Um, I mean, it was just so cool when you when with the uh, with the color changing of the bridges, and then just how mm-hmm. that fit in with the ver, uh, the Verlice Bridge Bridges. Yeah, the Verliz,
2: the Varelse yeah. Bridge Society. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it, but that's a, that's another synchronicity too. That uh, again, this this I don't know if this is like too much of a curtain reveal, but um, you know, there's a there's a Discord that goes with um, Cristor Inc. the the website we created, and the people on Discord they were kind of like going through old images online of the tolls and one of them i don't know who it was on discord they they basically found two old versions of the tolls posters at one point it was called the toll and then we had to change the name to the tolls because a bunch of other short randomly synchronicity synchronicity came out the same year almost oh, the same year called the toll so we added an s to it right so somebody on discord posted these two posters the toll and the tolls you know up above each other and I was like huh that's almost like two different versions of the same movie whoa and that's what created the crystal universe multiple dimensions I'm like well let's see what happens if the characters from the tolls actually exist in parallel dimensions in real life so we took the filmmakers from the tolls movie was where there's parallel dimensions and I decided based on discord posting those two posters like okay let's play with that so now there's one version of the toll called the tolls and another version in a different universe called the toll so again, it's like this thing like that wouldn't have happened unless somebody from Discord put up those two posters so I could see the juxtaposition. Oh and my then, god! And then click in the oh, that's the parallel universe right there. Oh, we had already done the work; we just didn't realize. Oh it my yet, god, you know? that's awesome,
1: dude! So and then it, it's so fun because then you know, especially when you when you enter when you bring parallel universes into the equation. Now, mm-hmm. any it's like anything goes. You know, mm-hmm. like you can. Anything can be explainable because like, oh well that that one's happening in that parallel (laughs) universe.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's really fun. And it really is. Yeah, and as long as you make the universes distinct enough to say this fits better in this like in the Blue Bridge it's much more like technology based and I don't know, it's it's fun to differentiate the different universes.
1: Well, it's so cool looking through um, Chris's door at all the the different little links that are on there, and I like I like seeing that new new inventions are being, uh, <laughs> are yeah. being put up there. Um, yeah. that, dude, that infomercial is just so hilarious. It's so great how authentic and honest it is. It's just yeah, I think that's what really pulls it off is when when things are done without the ironic slant to it, when they're just done so straight faced, yeah. Oh gosh, that's when they really, Oh, when they ring, uh oh, it's just so, so true because there's, yeah. there's this,
2: it's just steeped in this authenticity. Mm-hmm. And that uh, was all Spencer, man, that entire commercial. That's actually Spencer doing the voice. Of I the, thought so. Yeah. Thought and, he, so. and it's funny because we never, when we were making Grandview Boulevard, well that's another synchronicity because it was called the Esquire at one point. Oh yes. And then Grandview Boulevard. So it's like in one world, Grandview Boulevard, the tolls exist, and then in the toll, it's called the Esquire. So again, you have these two parallel versions oh of the God. same movie. Oh but my God. what I was saying, it's like when when Spencer made Christor, the commercial for Grandview Boulevard slash the Esquire, there was never really a discussion about what its purpose or its meaning was. I mean, it was kind of like to sell the device that we had built but it was so much more elaborate than anything I could have asked for or hoped for. And there was so much weird, just Spencer-ness to it. And I, I'm glad that we never like tried to break it down because then we could create this entire website later, Crystal Inc., to explore. I mean, if it wasn't for that infomercial, Crystal Inc. wouldn't exist either. So basically the entire website is created around this infomercial, this random infomercial that Spencer created for the film. And I love that there was never a breakdown of what it all meant. Cause that would have taken the fun out of it. You oh know? yeah! Now we can decide six years later what this commercial oh, means. Oh yeah! You know? Oh yeah! Oh man, yeah. it's 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 such a thrill.
1: It's um. You you find Thanks. actors who act uh, honestly and mm-hmm. um. Uh, are are there are a lot of the actors you work with? Are they f- from improv? Do they do improv?
2: Yeah, well, the, my directing partner, Liz Anderson, she, she I met her doing uh, improv and acting in, in the Bay Area. Um, yeah, there's a couple of improvisers, a lot of local theater people in the film as well. But yeah, I mean, the improv pool is, is pretty great in, uh, in San Francisco.
0: Thank you, everyone, for hanging on, listening to the interview, becoming enlightened, but this these brand new worlds are just cracking open ARGs alternate reality games they are they're like uh, a real life video game basically it's like you you are or like Dungeons and Dragons you have become this character in a story that's unfolding and on top of that you're participating in it it's just, just thrilling. So, keep listening to these episodes because part two will be coming up. All right? Thanks for listening to Inspirato Projecto. If you want to contribute to this episode, I mean, to, uh, to this podcast, call the, you could call the hotline, voicemail. Leave your ideas, your dreams, your epiphanies, 561 203 9179er. 561 203 9179er. Or you can uh, email me in sproutoprojecto at com. Give me any found sounds hysterical laughing, the sound of you chewing your food, the sound of you reading a book, the sound of your cat purring. Uh, The sound of you turning on and off a light. whatever, Whatever you want. The sound of you up close. Sounds of you tying your shoes. Could be anything. Pretty much anything. Ideally if it's inspiring. Ideally if it's something that's quizzical. Curious. Good natured. I'll put it on here. How's about that? I'll put it right on here. Thank you so much for listening.
2: Hi, this is Jay Ossing from Twin Peaks The Return. You're listening to Inspirato Projecto.